Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! What's going on, Detroit Pistons fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Aaron Johnson here with you, uh, taking over the hosting duties for Mike Angolano this week. But joining me is the great Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, happy to have you with me here today. We got some fun discussion to get into, uh, some interesting discussion to get into, but how are you doing this week? Well, great is awfully kind of you to say, Aaron, especially coming from a, a scholar such as yourself. Congratulations on graduating this week. Uh, Thank you. I, 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 a little round of applause here for you. <laughs> um, at least one of us is a, is a well-educated man. Uh, I pretty much played 2K15 and ate flavor-blasted goldfish straight from the box uh, <laughs> my junior year of college. So that, that should tell you exactly what I was all about. Uh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, obviously this is kind of a slower time of the year for Pistons fans, but it's a great time of the year for basketball fans. Uh, the, Pist- the the playoffs have been fantastic so far. Uh, this Boston-Milwaukee series, this Memphis-Golden State series, those are great. Um, you know, Miami looking like they might pull off a, a 1-4 upset, as weird as that sounds, of Philadelphia without Joel Embiid. But really, the the for Pistons fans, I feel like the series we're most paying attention to is this Phoenix-Dallas series, right? There's a lot going on in that series with some players that could be of interest. Now, personally, if I was building an NBA roster, I'd essentially want the Phoenix Suns as my roster. So, like, if I was building the Detroit Pistons, like I've talked about this with multiple people, you know, obviously there's the DeAndre in talk. I was big on Cam Johnson back when he was a prospect uh, coming into the draft. Obviously, I'm a big Devin Booker guy. Uh, Michael Bridges is a really good young wing. They have a lot of different players that if I were building the Detroit Pistons or if I were building another NBA team, like that is who I would be trying to get on my team. So Phoenix, outside of just the obvious and DeAndre and the guy that I'm sure we're going to talk about over the next few months um, and his potential future with the Detroit Pistons that maybe people are just trying to manifest, then there really is any reality <laughs> to that actually being possible. Uh, but we're going to talk about him. There's obviously um, a player on the other side, Jalen Brunson, that we're going to actually get into later today. Uh, in this show. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget, this weekend, as the run to the Roses is on at the Kentucky Derby, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head on over to the website today or use your mobile device and join using the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off and your welcome welcome bonus on your first deposit. They'll match up to 50% bet online, 
where the game starts. Speaking of betting, shout out to anyone that's been able to survive the landmines of the second round of the NBA playoffs so far between players getting hurt, players missing the games, players getting ejected. Uh, a lot has happened in these you know, first couple of games of the second round that has made it very difficult to survive if you're doing daily fantasy or even just betting on the games mm-hmm. straight up. Uh, but I really enjoy betting on the NBA playoffs. Definitely use bet online. Uh, or consider using BetOnline to do your NBA playoff betting along with any other sports and casino betting you're hoping to do. Uh, all right, let's get right into it. This well, is a really hey, Aaron, fun topic. Go ahead, go I ahead. Was, I was going to say, I've been actually lucky enough to uh, avoid some of these landmines because I took the worst beat ever with that Tigers-Twins game a, a couple weeks ago. The one where the, the Tigers basically lost it on a Little League play. I don't know if you remember it, Eric. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, where Eric Haas overthrew the third baseman after the Twins committed a an egregious ru- ru- base running error. Uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I am not meant to bet for a couple of, couple of weeks. So I took a break. It's been paying off for me because I haven't been betting on any of this stuff. It's been exciting. It's been super exciting, but, oh, man, you're completely correct. It's been tough so far. A lot of landmines. It's, what's it's been going on. It's been brutal, and I, I think this is definitely – I've been more enthralled with the NBA playoffs this year than I can really remember in past history. I mean, I am mm. every night really sitting down and watching these games, which is really enjoyable because they've been great. I mean, even, you know, even some of these games that look like blowouts, like, you know, game one, Boston, Milwaukee, like there are things that I still enjoy in those contests. And maybe it's because I, you know, do have some bets on them here and there and whatnot, but I really, really enjoyed um, the playoffs. I've been watching Luka Doncic against Luka Doncic, who's one of my favorite players to watch in the league against the Phoenix Suns, who are the most enjoyable team that play the best band of brand of basketball in the league. Watching them go head to head has been a treat. Uh, There's been so many great matchups, so many great players, John Morant, spectacular golden state. I mean, that game one of golden state Memphis was, I mean, a candidate for game of the year with how incredible that was the back and mm-hmm. forth, the outside shooting incredible, but all right, let's, let's actually get into it now because this is a fun <laughs> topic that I I've we wanted to talk about last week. We ended up not doing a show last week, so we didn't get to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it now. And it comes courtesy of the Bill Simmons podcast with him and Ryan Rosselio. So Bill Simmons brought up a trade idea suggesting the new Orleans Pelicans trade Zion Williamson to the Detroit Pistons. His ideal trade package was a 2022 first future first round pick swap. Killian Hayes, or excuse me, the Pistons 2022 first, a future first round pick swap, Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bay for Zion Williamson. Um, I guess let's just start with that. The Simmons ideal package, like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, look, I'll be honest. My first thought looking at that is, okay, that makes that makes sense to me if you're a third-party person. If you are not a fan of either team, if you're not in either front office, I think you look at that and you go, okay, I can get behind that. Maybe I don't believe in, in Zion staying healthy. I don't believe in his commitment to the game of basketball. Um, and maybe that's why you're not getting back like an all-star level player, but you are getting potentially a top three pick in this year's draft. You are getting a future first round pick swap. Uh, And you are getting two, you know, very young and interesting players in Sadiq Bey and Killian Hayes. So I understand that actually from from the Simmons perspective. Uh, From my perspective as a Pistons fan, you know, this trade straight up, I'll just say it. Yes, 100%. I'm taking this all day, every day as a Pistons fan. Um, And honestly, I just think like, 
from a talent standpoint, I think it's just a no-brainer. I don't believe that there's a single player in this year's draft with a ceiling as high as Zion Williamson's. Uh, and I don't believe that the difference in team quality next year for the Pistons and Pelicans is going to be so great to where a future first-round pick swap uh, is necessarily going to be like moving down 10, 15 places in the draft. I think it's more like five places in the draft, if anything. And if Zion's healthy, maybe you're not moving down any picks in the draft at all. Um, so for me, I look at this and I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, Aaron, I'm interested to see what you think about this because for me, listening to Pistons fans discuss this, I was a little taken aback because I heard so many of them say no, uh, and not based on just like the reasons that Zion Williamson is obviously an injury concern based on like, no, we think that's too much to give up for a player of Zion Williamson's caliber. And I have to push back on this narrative because I'm sorry, from a talent perspective, you are getting a steal if you get Zion for that package. That's where Twitter becomes a, a form of malpractice because I just don't understand how people could actually look at this trade and say the Pistons are going to be getting back one of uh, the few generational talents in this league that, Oh, by the way, is going to be barely 22 at the start of next season. Uh, I'm surprised that there, the package didn't include more from Detroit. Zion Williamson is a generational talent. And yes, the injury concerns, the obvious thing that has been, discussed and has clouded Zion Williamson's career so far in the NBA. I get it. But second year in the league when he was fine, you know, when he was relatively healthy, only missed, you know, 19, 20 games, whatever, 27 points, seven rebounds, four assists, almost a steal a game, 61% from the field, 62% from inside the arc, around 30% from the three point line, not great number in that respect, but a 20 year old doing that 27, seven and four, at 20 years old, that is generational type talent. And for Aaron, the Pistons who don't acquire that type of talent in free agency, they are only able to do it through the draft or somehow in a trade like this. How do you not jump on that? How do you not? I mean, look, this year's draft, you're looking at a, a, a high pick in the draft, most likely top three, top four, whatever. Yeah, there's going to be some names in there. Jabari Smith. Jet Holmgren, Paolo Bencaro, Jaden Ivey. I get it, but are any of those guys the next Zion Williamson? Do any of those guys have the ceiling that Zion Williamson has? Absolutely not. None of those guys are walking into the league in their age 20 season and putting up 27 and 7 on 60% shooting from the field. Not one of them is coming close to that. If you have the opportunity to pair Zion and Kate Cunningham, two of the top young talents, young prospects in the league, it's mind-boggling that people are saying, yeah, I don't think Sadiq Bey and the picks are, 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 are is, that's too much. I mean, look, guys, Sadiq Bey ended up having a pretty nice season. You know, he, he, he can average 16 points a game. Yeah, he can rebound, whatever. He's not Zion. Like, you are going to be able to find another Sadiq Bey type player in the draft or in free agency. That is a guy that you can go out and replace. You are not going to have that same type of opportunity to get a guy like Zion Williamson. It's mind-boggling that the day that this kind of popped up on Twitter and people started talking about it, there were people saying, look, no, that's too much. This guy, I don't care that he's missed more games than he's played in his career. I really don't because he's healthy now and he's going to be healthy going into next season. I, I will take my chance. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, 
I will live with the fact that I took the risk on getting a generational player that has top 10 player in the league type ceiling. I will absolutely take that risk, especially when the only thing that I'm really thinking that I'm definitely going to lose is the, the first round pick, the 2022 first. You can get a new Sadiq Bay. The pick swap, it could hurt you, whatever. It might hurt you, it might not. You can obviously get another Killing Hayes type prospect, Killing Hayes type player. The thing you're gambling is the 2022 first. That's the way I see it. And the fact that this is really all that much of a debate is, is asinine to me. I mean, I was expecting that Detroit would have to give up more for that. Zion Williamson is absolutely the guy you, you gamble on. A all-star in his age 20 season, his second year in the league, 27, 7, and 4 on 61% shooting. Guys, what are we actually doing? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you there, Aaron. To be completely honest, I, I would not even do a pick swap. I'd just give up a 2023, like, first rounder as well. 2024. I'll give up another For sure. Straight up. I, I honestly... And, like, look, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I think if you're Troy Weaver and you look at Zion and you say, I don't think he can stay healthy, period, I understand why you don't pull the trigger on that package. Because if you don't believe he can stay on the court, well, it doesn't matter what you're giving up for him. You could give up a second rounder. That second rounder is a a role player at any point in his career. Well, it's giving you more than a guy who gives you nothing. Now – I don't think that's really how, you know, GMs are going to look at a player like Zion Williamson, but I can understand that line of thinking. Aaron, I'm going to add a little even more context to what you're saying, because you've put it out there very clearly. Zion Williamson is a ridiculously talented player who is not just talented. He is productive already at 20 years old. Like you said, 27 and seven, unbelievable. But even more so than that, it was like his efficiency. So his rookie year, he shot 67% within three feet of the basket. He did that, though, with like two, like uh, I believe it's three quarters of his uh, two-point field goals being assisted. So a lot of his stuff was coming on, you know, easy layups. It was coming on dump-off passes. It was coming on alley-oops. It was coming on easy field goal attempts. It makes sense that a guy who is really strong, really athletic, would have a good shooting year from close to the basket on sort of shots like that, right? Well, here's what he did in his sophomore year. He actually shot 70% within three feet of the basket. And he did that with only half of his two-point field goal attempts being assisted. So he upped his game to where a quarter less of his baskets with within the arc are being assisted, and he's actually got more efficient. He got more dangerous This is a guy who has shown already that he can take massive leaps in his game. He's basically putting up efficiency that like peak LeBron James put up Shaquille O'Neal as a young player put up. This is the type of stuff that, yeah, you're right, Aaron. You said top 10 player in the league. I think it's even higher his ceiling. I think it's like top five player in the league. And if you're the Pistons, you cannot pass up an opportunity to get that kind of talent. And even more so, I think we have to push back on this narrative on Pistons Twitter especially of overrating our own talent because yep. I, was gonna say I mean, that. that's really what I take away from this because honestly, I don't think this trade package would happen. I think oh, that the Pelicans I, would be insane to do it. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think they'd be insane. Off, but no, the one please. thing I wanted to just kind of piggyback off what you said about overvaluing your own guys is 
it's the same kind of stuff that needs to be talked about when the Donovan Mitchell or the Rudy Gobert trade talks are talked about. Like, if you have a chance to get one of those guys that changes the ceiling of your roster, changes the ceiling of your team, like, I am sorry, but some of these names that are, you know, kind of the, the casually thrown around pieces in trades where the Pistons are getting, you know, one of those all-star level players, like a Sadiq Bay. like, I, I really like Sadiq Bay as a player. He's a phenomenally young basketball player, but there will be more players like him, right? You're talking about having the chance in a Zion or Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert to get an all-star that changes the trajection of your team. Right. Yep. I, there is and, and, there is part like I respect that you trust the guys that your franchise drafted and you trust their development and you trust what you've seen from them. If you watch them on a nightly basis, I trust I respect that. I get it. But on the flip side, you're we're, we're talking about players that have been doing it, that have the accolades, that have the playoff success, that have the numbers the that are you're hoping these guys could potentially maybe get to one day if they reach their peakest ceiling it's it's a problem and i mean it's not something that that just happens on pistons twitter with pistons fans that happens in every organization guys overrate overvalue their own players of teams the the team that they like compared Mm -hmm. to other guys on other rosters i get it it's that emotional bond that tie and i understand that but being objective and, and taking off the blinders, you're talking about the opportunity where the Pistons will have a chance this offseason, or should, it's from what it's looking like, with the different players that are being rumored to be available on the market, to have a chance to really maybe go out there and get someone. Maybe go out there and trade for an all-star level player. And I think it's it, beyond just this Zion Williamson discussion. It's important for people to understand, like, yeah, these are some nice prospects that the Pistons have, and oh, they, they have some good assets with their draft picks. but if you have a chance to go get a proven entity, uh, it's a hundred percent worth it. And maybe you don't believe Zion is a hundred percent proven because of the injury concern, but a proven entity, like a, a Mitchell, a Rudy, that's different. And I think that's something that it, look, that's what Stan Van Gundy did when he traded for Blake Griffin. It maybe didn't work out great. And, and maybe you liked, or maybe you like Tobias Harris, who, who kind of flourished once he got to Detroit and, you know, found his mark, but it, it's just, you have to take those types of chances to get these guys that are established and have yep. pedigree. And I think that's something that Pistons fans have to be more aware of uh, this offseason. The Pistons are going to have chances and it's, it's, it's difficult to take away that bond that you have with these players that you watch on a nightly basis. But if you're trying to build a championship team, having the opportunity to go get a Zion Williamson, take the risk on him. It's a hundred percent worth it. Not 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And Aaron, you mentioned the ceiling, like these guys raise your ceiling, but it's more than that. They raise your floor too. And I think that that in many ways is even more important when you have a young player like Kate Cunningham on your roster. Yes, you cannot win a championship without a complete team. You need role players. Look at what the Suns are doing. Look at what the Warriors have done. Look at what Milwaukee is doing. Look what, heck, look what Boston is doing. That is, those are complete rosters with multiple star players on the team. And I think that's the number one thing that you have to, to think about. It's like right now, if you're the Pistons, you need that second star. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, no, maybe you're not going to be a championship contender next year. If you trade away some of your young depth for an established star, like a, like you said, like a Gobert or a Zion or a Mitchell or whatever. Um, 
But guess what? You're not losing 55 games next year if you have one of those guys and Cape Cunningham on your roster. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter what the rest of the roster looks like because the fact of the matter is there's so much young talent in the NBA and proven talent that you can go out there and get on minimum contracts that you can find in the second round that you can get in trades that you can find on the waiver wire. It's, it's possible. There's guys out there and you have free agency money, potentially more than anyone else in the league this off season. So it's not like you can't build up a roster. If you trade away Sadiq Bay and Killian Hayes and a future first, it's you're not hamstringing yourself there. You're hamstringing yourself. If you don't acquire that second star, because guess what? Kate Cunningham is a winner and he's not going to stand for losing. I think that's the other thing we really have to talk about. It's like you need to win games at a certain point and acquiring that second star allows you to do that. Maybe not at a championship level, but certainly not at the level you have been for the past three, four years now. I, I agree 100%. And I, I know I've mentioned that a couple times throughout the season, you know, Cade Cunningham, look, he has been the, upper echelon, the top tier of prospect that comes in, plays well, backs the city, backs the front office, backs the franchise. He has said every right thing to the media throughout the process of, look, I hate losing. Uh, It sucks. I don't like this, but I understand this is part of the process to getting to where we need to be. But at some point behind the scenes, there's going to be that conversation of, look, if you can't get some talent around me that's going to help us win – and do this thing, then I, I don't want to be here. And and it happens. And it happens at a LeBron, age. It LeBron James at a younger age than it does than it did 10 years ago. It happens at a younger age now. Guys on the rookie contracts are forcing their ways off of teams because they want to win. And these teams are not putting winning guys around them. Or I guess in some cases they want to go to a bigger market. But from our from the point of view that I think most people have, that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case with Cade Cunningham. It seems like it's a look. We got to put a winning team around him because Cade Cunningham walks around like a bad man out of hell when he sees, when he loses and when he talks to the media about it, he hates it. And that's fine. Like that's a good thing, but there is pressure on the Pistons to put a winning team together sooner rather than later. Yeah. You just got the number one pick and, and you had, he had a good season, this and that. That's a feel good story, whatever, but you also lost a lot of ball games and you're right back where you were at the top of the lottery a year later. So you can't just continue to do that, right? And so there's a lot of pressure on Detroit to put together a winning team sooner rather than later. And that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason why I didn't didn't think trading Jeremy Grandway was a good decision because, like, that's actually a guy that helps win basketball games. Uh, and there's all this talk about getting, getting getting more draft picks, getting young prospects, getting a Cam Reddish. Why, why would you not take a chance on Cam Reddish? It's – you have to get, find guys that are going to help you win basketball games. And I think there is a lot of pressure on Detroit this offseason – to do that. They have cap space. They have assets, including a top pick in the draft. They have to put something together. I think we're on the same page here, Aaron. And like I, like I said, I, I didn't mean to cut you off either, but l- just look at LeBron. Like what happened in his first stint in Cleveland, they could not find that second star. And that is a guy who, you know, he did not want to leave <laughs> Cleveland without winning a title, but they gave him no choice. And Cade Cunningham's not from point, you know, he's not from Sterling Heights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have that hometown necessity to stay here. So, yeah, you got to get that second star. 
And you can you can build up the rest of the roster all you want, but without that second star, you're not doing anything in this league. And that's just the fact of the matter. So um, I feel fine moving on. As long as you do, I think we're in agreement here. And I think Pistons fans, mostly what, what we're talking about here, because I think we're both in agreement. Also, we don't see the Zion trade happening. I think it just needs to be more of like an adjustment by Pistons fans with the expectations of what is going to happen with this young talent and where this roster needs to go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Pistons have been trying to build the draft for, the, for you know the last decade and a half or whatever. I mean, at some point you have to, you have to, take a couple swings and I, you know, they've made a few with Josh Smith and it hasn't worked out, but look what happened with Blake Griffin, you know, before he got hurt, he led the team to the playoffs had a great statistical season. Uh, The Pistons have to take upside swings. The Pistons have to take their chances on getting guys that can impact the team right away uh, in a big time way. Uh, And obviously Zion or Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, you know, could do that. If you don't feel the same way about some of these other guys that you know, are going to be talked about on the trade market, like a, a Julius Randle um, or something like that. That's a different story. Like, I think there's more nuance to that conversation. Uh, but some of these other guys that are we've talked about, I think you absolutely have to be able and, and willing to, to make a move on. Let's Aaron, actually, sorry, real quick, just to back up your Blake Griffin thing. And even that was a way, way, way bigger risk and a different situation because Blake was already approaching 30. He was already a, an established injury risk. There was a big, you know what I mean? He'd had a couple really good teams around him already. There is more reason to believe that, like, these younger guys would make more sense and be less of a risk for the Pistons if they were to trade for them than a Blake Griffin. It probably wouldn't end the same way the Blake thing did. These guys you could turn around and trade again. Right. No no doubt. No doubt. Let's. We're going to talk about another player now that the there's some speculation on the Pistons going after this offseason. There's been uh, some various reports from different, uh, media outlets, including James Edwards III of The Athletic, the Detroit Pistons beat writer for The Athletic. Uh, he's one of the guys that has mentioned Jalen Brunson as a player that the Detroit Pistons plan on targeting uh, this offseason. Jalen Brunson will be a free agent. Uh, he's currently playing with the Dallas Mavericks and is struggling after a very, very good first series against the Utah Jazz. He is really struggling against the Phoenix Suns in round two of the NBA playoffs. Just not 13 points in the first game of the series. He only had nine in the loss uh, on Wednesday night to Phoenix. But he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in, at the start of free agency. It's a guy that the Pistons are heavily, heavily linked to, probably more so than any other free agent uh, on the market. I know Mitchell Robinson's another name that they've been uh, tagged to as well. But Jalen Brunson has been a name mentioned really since I believe the last off season, I think maybe the beginning of the year, uh, the season actually, but he's been mentioned at multiple points as a guy that Pistons will target. We talked about it probably a couple months ago now at this point, after that first round of playoffs, what you're seeing against Phoenix, where are we at on the whole idea of Detroit targeting Jalen Brunson to, to pair up in the backcourt uh, with Kate Cunningham? I mean, I'm still in the same place I have been. I have some serious doubts and Boy, this uh, this Mavs-Sun series is not changing that whatsoever for me. It's only kind of establishing them anymore. Look, I'm at the point right now where I, I don't think Dallas should bring back Jalen Brunson. Um, the way that the, that the Suns are picking on him and Luka defensively is brutal. Luka especially. And it's kind of weird because we've actually talked about Jalen Brunson being the defensive liability. But, man, Aaron, I don't know if you watched that game last night. 
I mean, the Suns abused Luka. They went after him nonstop. The problem with Jalen Brunson, though, is that, you know, he's also a liability at that end, and he has not been scoring efficiently at all in this series. Uh, I believe he's 9 for 28 from the floor overall. Um, He's just not giving them what they need offensively, and this is the issue I have with him is, like, if he's not scoring at a super high level, um, I'm not really sure what he brings you outside of some admittedly decent distribution and, you know, like safe ball handling. He's not going to turn over the ball a bunch, but like if he's not scoring a bunch, he's really not impacting the game for you in a way that I think you kind of need um, in a backcourt partner with Cade Cunningham. I think really, if you're looking at this, this roster, especially with Cade, you need to get a bigger guard next to him and really double down on that defensive switching you really need to double down on that, you know, ability to to guard all over the floor from the guard position. And Jalen Brunson, to me, is not that guy. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, you mentioned it. This Phoenix series is a great example uh, of the deficiencies that come with Jalen Brunson. Devin Booker and Chris Paul absolutely picked apart Doncic and Brunson yesterday. Uh, it, it was, hey, here it's your turn. Now it's my turn. Back and forth. And it's a little bit more acceptable uh, when they're picking apart Luka Doncic, who scores 35 points and is handling the basketball on every single play of the game uh, and is taking all of the defensive pressure from Phoenix's defense. It's not as acceptable when you're Jalen Brunson, who's also struggling on the offensive side of the floor mightily. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about how the Utah series was perfect for him because Donovan Mitchell was horrible defensively and allowed Brunson just to get into the paint. No one was there to stop him. I, I, I mean, I've watched him the last couple of weeks, like every single Dallas game. And my point of view is like, once he gets into the paint, all he tries to do is hit you with a couple different fakes and it ends up being a fall away shot. Those are not the best looks. And if you're and what we're seeing right now in the Phoenix series is Phoenix actually is defending on the inside. And these shots aren't going in for Jalen Brunson because there's a bunch of trees standing in his way and he's falling away at every shot attempt. He's not right at the rim. You know, he's midway into the paint and he's falling away from the basket, throwing up an ugly jump shot late in the shot clock. So look, he is a good basketball player, but I think this series against a really good team is showcasing why it's going to be tough to win with Brunson at the highest level because he is just too limited for his size. He's not super athletic. You know, he's not going to beat players to the rim because of his speed. He's going to try to outskill you with up fakes, the spins, and, and then hope his shot goes in. And when you're playing against defenses and the way that the NBA is going, defenses that defenses that are built around wings and bigs that have long arms, have high wingspans, and are athletic – those matchups are not going to work for Jalen Brunson. So I'm absolutely in agreement with you that the Pistons should be targeting a bigger sized guard that promotes switchability on the defensive end. Um, I mean, that's why I was so high on the pairing of Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham because Hayes was yep. that archetype. Um, and it just hasn't come together for him offensively to where you think that that can work out long-term, which is why we're having this exact conversation about who is going to be the guy next to Cunningham. I don't think Jalen Brunson is it. The the talks of him getting, you know, $25 million a year is absolutely horrifying. And 
and I get this is what's weird to me is like this is the the player that everyone wants so that or this is why everyone wanted to get rid of Jeremy Grant so that they can fill up his cap space with a guy like Jalen Brunson I'd much rather have Jeremy Grant than I would rather have Jalen Brunson and I think if you went to all 29 other NBA teams they tell you the exact same thing uh I, I just don't necessarily love this fit um He's a good basketball player, but if you're asking me to, to commit 25, heck, even $20 million a year to Jalen Brunson, it's it's just going to be a pass for me. And uh, it's unfortunate because he looked, you know, he, he had some big time performances against Utah. But when you play a legitimate defense that isn't just falling apart the way that the Jazz have been all season, you know, I'll buy into it more. And Brunson had, you know, a solid season. Like, let's not take away from his efficiency, you know. 16 points a game, five assists, doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Um, but I think, you know, that's also benefiting from, from playing alongside one of the top five players in the league, top six, seven players in the league, and Luka Doncic. Um, I, I just, I don't love it. I, I don't love that he's been tied to Detroit so heavily because, you know, obviously I believe the reports, especially when you're getting it from multiple different verticals that the Pistons are heavily linked and are highly attracted to Brunson. Uh, it's just not a move that I would uh, absolutely be in favor of. I'd much rather, you know, the Pistons draft a guy like Jaden Ivey uh, or, or, or find something else to, to pair alongside Kate Cunningham with. I just have too many, th- uh, too many things holding me back from, from loving the, the fit uh, with Jalen Brunson. Yeah. It, it scares me a little bit too, because this is kind of one of those things where I understand Troy Weaver's strategy in some ways where he really likes skilled players and he doesn't, value athleticism maybe as much as some other GMs do. I mean, obviously, you know, Hamadou Diallo is one of his guys, uh, Marvin Bagley, one of his guys, those are super athletes, but like overall the guys he acquires are not super athletes for the most part. And Jalen Brunson kind of fits that profile at the same time. Um, I don't necessarily like that. I think if, look, if you're not able to go out there and pair Cade with like a big guard, like, like we said, um, I think you at least need to then pair him with somebody that's going to give defenses another look. So somebody that's a really good athlete, hyper twitch, uh, somebody that's going to go up and get vertical and just jam all over guys at the rim. Something that gives you a different look than what Cade does. Jalen's not that. He does a lot of the same stuff Cade Cunningham does where he uses his craftiness and his skill in order to get shots that are a little bit tougher. Um, I don't necessarily know that pairing those two up makes sense. I know that there's like the Cade Luca comparisons, but look, Luca is more on the perimeter and like more, he's a bigger guy inside. He's more athletic. He's more explosive. It's not really a one-to-one comparison. So I'd almost rather like try and free up more cap space and throw money at a guy like, and this is somebody that really does not get mentioned, but he very well could be gone is Zach Levine. Um, I'd rather throw more money at him than somebody like Jalen Brunson. Uh, for a cheaper price tag even then that wouldn't be ideal but I could at least understand hey okay Zach's a super athlete Cade's really skilled we can make that work I don't see it so much with Brunson yeah I I agree um yeah I don't I don't know if you know the Pistons are, are, are the team that would be able to land Zach Levine but I mean I no, I agree with that's, you it's a pipe dream concept. let's be real for sure. Yeah, the concept. It's more in theory than in practice. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then like in the same 
type of discussion. I'd rather they spend a little less at the shooting guard spot, I guess. And maybe they get a guy like Gary Harris or mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker, who is athletic um, and, and go for one of those lower valued guys and then try to spend that money on a guy that we mentioned earlier, someone like DeAndre Ayton, who would you know really give you your five moving forward. Uh, this, this, unfortunately, this free agency class, doesn't shape up to be the strongest. Um, so the Pistons having a ton of ton of cap space might actually uh, be a problem uh, because if they decide to use it all and spend it on guys that really aren't worth it, it would definitely be a little underwhelming. Um, but I think a lot of this also, and I, we've talked about this, but a lot of this falls on what they do uh, in June on draft night, which depends on what happens in a couple of weeks on May 17th at the NBA draft lottery. But yeah, I, I don't love the idea of Jalen Brunson. I, I think there's, you know, some lower valued wings, some lower valued guards that I would rather the Pistons spend their money on and, and still try to chase a guy like DeAndre Ayton or heck, if they're able to to chase a guy like uh, Zach Levine, you know, they, they should do it. But I mean, there will be some restricted free agents that Detroit can, can place offer sheets on. There will be you know, some different veterans that'll be available. Pat Connaughton's going to be a free agent. Um, heck, even a guy like Amir Coffey of the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. Like, he, he was actually, you know, yeah. pretty decent. He'll be a restricted I, free agent. And the Clippers, they're not necessarily going to have the money to bring him back. That's a guy that maybe isn't the most flashy name, but until you can figure out who your guard next to Cade Cunningham is, buy low on him and spend that money elsewhere until you can make a trade. Or I, I don't know. I just don't, I just know. I don't know what the exact answer is. I just know it's not Jalen Brunson. I'm with you on that. And, you know, maybe it is Jaden Ivey in the draft. I, I do trust that Troy Weaver will figure something out. My hope is, like you said, that it's that it's not the thing that seems to be in the cards right now. Um, How about this? How about this? Let me get your, let me get your opinion on this. Uh, what are your thoughts on Victor Oladipo? Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. No, no. I mean, look, I, I love what he tries to bring to teams, but you know, I've just, it, it's, there's so many ups and downs. He's injured. He's healthy. He's good. He's bad. I don't know, man. I, I'm not trying. I understand why you would bring him in. I, I could talk myself into it uh, as a buy low kind of guy, but I don't know. T- to me, that's <laughs> shoot. Pistons fans are worried about the Zion Williamson like injury concerns versus upside. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? No, I get it. I get that hundred um, percent. Just some of these other names that you look up the top free agents, uh, you know, of this summer and it's, it's a, not a great market. I mean, Colin hey. Sexton, we've talked about him before. Um, there's a talk of Russell Westbrook, you know, going to be available. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of guys that are, are worth spending the money on. You know, I guess in a pipe dream, if, if Bradley Beal declined his player option and, and he was available, you could go after him. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, not a great great summer to be one of the few teams with cap space. It almost sets up Detroit to, to spend on guys that necessarily aren't the best uh, fit for the team. But there's a lot of stuff that has to happen before uh, we get the free agency. And who knows what players might be available on the trade market uh, or who play, what player the Pistons will end up drafting uh, in the last week of June. But so much to happen. Uh, before then jasper anything else before we kind of wrap up the show this week well let's be real hey 
you're right. It might not be the greatest year to have all that free agency cap space, but they also have uh, the ability to, to have a lot of cap space next year too. And depending on how Troy Weaver plays things, you know, they could punt on this off season and really focused on the next one as the one where they really try and make that, that big leap. Maybe they just try and make the small jumps this off season and put themselves in a position in the future um, to where maybe they're still getting a, a decent draft pick next year. And, you know, also have a lot of, a lot of free agency money, but we'll see, like you said, a lot of things are going to become a lot more clear in the upcoming month. Uh, we'll know where the Pistons are going to be picking on May 17th. That's only oof, a little over two weeks away. Uh, and after that, I have to imagine the situation will become a, a little bit clearer for everybody involved. No doubt. No doubt. The the next, you know, that May 17th date is is big for the direction of the Pistons offseason. It's a, a very important offseason for Troy Weaver and the rest of the Detroit Pistons front office um, as they try to put that team together around Cunningham that we alluded to earlier in the show. Jasper, thanks so much uh, for joining me this week. We're hoping to have Mike back next week as we are continuing to struggle to get all three of us on the same uh, schedule to get together and talk about the Detroit Pistons. But great to do a show this week after missing last week. Fun to be back on. Uh, again, Jasper, thanks for being here. Thanks to everyone that listened. Make sure to continue to check out our content on palaceofpistons.com. Jasper will actually have a piece coming out here in the coming days on uh, taking a look back at some of the Pistons guard play uh, from this past season from Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph, and the rest of the guard group. Uh, so make sure to keep your eyes out on that. We have some more content uh, coming out and being planned for the future. So we ask you to keep your eyes up on our website. We appreciate your support uh, with the podcast. As always, we thank so much to our partners, uh, Believe and Bet Online, for helping us with our show every single week. And that is going to do it for us this week on the Palace of Pistons podcast from Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia. I thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.